for joining us on episode 25 of Loons Out of Water, a Minnesota United Football Club fan podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, and on today's show we have our regular flyers, Jake. Uh, the role of Jake will be played by Dauber from Coach tonight. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking deep cut That's, for you. I love that. Uh, and Sydney? The uh, role of Sydney will be played by not Dylan. <laughs> and PK, PK, anything that you'd like to say to get us going today? No? I mean, we probably have to figure out who the role of PK yeah, we, is going to be played we by. We might have, to, might have to cut him in the offseason. Hey, okay. Non-sentient stuffed animal. <laughs> Well, today we're going to talk about the last three games uh, happened in quick succession last week. We've got Minnesota United at home against Jacksonville Armada and two away games against the Tampa Bay Rowdies and Puerto Rico FC. We'll talk a little bit about next week's uh, game against FC Edmonton at NSC. And uh, yeah, and we'll go from there. So we'll start this week's podcast off with Minnesota United FC 0, Jacksonville Armada 1. The only goal in this one was, surprisingly enough, scored by Jacksonville's Matt Boehner in the, again, surprisingly enough, 88th minute with uh, the assist from Derek Gebhard. So uh, just to be clear for everybody, uh, the three of us were at a wedding during this game. So Jake was able to watch it, I believe, afterwards on ESPN, but Sydney and I were not. Uh, so Jake, what was your you know, hot take from this? If you had one word to describe this game for those of us uh, that weren't able to watch it in its full beauty, what would that be? <laughs> Uh, I don't, one word isn't enough to make a Boehner boner joke. So I don't know how I could like wedge that in there. <laughs> um, you know, that's a whole I, other like, thing. Wedging boners. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, I think my one word hot take would be just disappointed tears. Uh, not <laughs> as two words, but like just the, the, the disappointed tears themselves being the one word. With that would this. be a hashtag disappointed Ooh, tears. That's on, how you Maybe. One word. You know how it is. Uh, Sid, from, from what you saw from the highlights, did you have a, a one word hot take on this one? Since I definitely did not watch some of this game at a friend's wedding. Um, I did. Uh, underwhelmed is probably. It's underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. All right. Yep. And I think my unsurprised. Unsurprised. <laughs> Both good words. Yeah, especially that one. Uh, mine is what I think my exact response was while we were at the wedding and we looked up because I think we had checked and it was like the 70th minute and it was still 0 0. And then we, well, I don't remember which one of the three of us remembered. And then we looked it up. Jake looked it up and we had lost the game in the 88th minute uh, to a goal. And I believe my response was. <laughs> so that's going to be my one word answer. Uh, of course, we fucking lost in the 88th minute to arguably the worst team. Well, almost unarguably the worst team in this league because yep. they have two points above Puerto Rico, who's only played one half of this season. <laughs> So um, that's fucking unacceptable and ridiculous. Um, 
to be fair, uh, they're definitely a team on the upward momentum since they fired their coach that they had at the beginning of the year. And the new guy, I think, just signed a longer-term deal because he's really turned the team around. So I'm sure that they'll, they're on their way to being a better team, but you still got to beat the teams at the bottom of the table if you're going to compete for the playoffs. So uh, anything else you guys want to talk about on this one? Yeah, boner. <laughs> All right, and then moving on, the Wednesday game this week was Tampa Bay Rowdies 2, Minnesota United 2. Goals for the Rowdies were scored by Georgie Ristoff from Tom Heineman in the 31st minute and Keith Savage unassisted in stoppage time. Uh, goals for the Loons were from Christian Ramirez unassisted in the 17th minute and J.C. Banks unassisted in the 51st minute. Uh, again, we uh, have the lead up until stoppage time uh, and managed to let one go by very very late uh, and come away with only a point instead of all three. So, Sid, if you have a hot take for this one, maybe two words this time, what would it be? JC Banks. Ooh. It's sort of two words. It's I'll two accept words. it. It's <laughs> first name. Is... Yep. I like it. Uh, Jake, uh, what about you? I think I've got two possibilities here. Uh, one of them. Four words. Well, I mean, more like two different sets of two words. Okay. So uh, one of them would be just disappointed tears, except the <laughs> words this time, Okay. as opposed to the thing. I like it. Uh, the other one would just be fucking shoot. Uh, it was, you know, we got two goals in this game, and so there was less of that in the Rowdies game than there was, especially at the Armada game. Um, but, you know, it's like guys who aren't Ramirez – don't feel like they have the confidence to shoot. Uh, and I mean, good stuff happens when you just start taking shots. You know, we had both of those goals uh, came up from situations where, uh, you know, guys are just putting up shots and we got ricochets or we're able to, you know, get some poachers goals and stuff like that. Uh, just... Uh, you want that confidence guys taking those shots uh, increase your opportunities uh, and even though we got a couple of them there like Watson just left a, a just a giant opportunity just guys trying to make that extra pass instead of taking the shot at the end yeah definitely all right well my uh, two word ish hot take for this game would be fucking shite uh watching this game uh it just looks like the whole time i was thinking uh is this the same team that we saw at the beginning of the year because they sure as fuck aren't playing like it um and i know teams go on you know sort of runs of of certain form um and i think we're definitely in a bit of a rut of that right now but just watching this game i was like this team just does not there's no chemistry it seems like there's very little communication other than maybe the back line but then that always seems to fall apart somehow at the end of the game um and it was just at the end of that game i was just so frustrated with what we've been putting on the field, it just, yeah, it was just fucking shite is what it was. 
which is unfortunate because ultimately it was a pretty damn good game. And I think you could say that in a lot of ways about the Jacksonville game as well. And this reminds me, I feel like towards the end of last season, we were sort of talking about the idea that we play really good games and then don't finish. Oh, and I feel like that's just rearing its head again. And not that we haven't talked about this before, but it just seems like I don't it, it has to have something to do with the, the players that we have on the field, because um, I know that there's like obviously some coaching aspects, but these I just have to believe that there's more going on than just like how. Manny Lagos coached in the past or, you know, whatever you, however you want to quantify it. I just think that these players are so almost emotionally invested in their form and the wins and the losses that they don't buy into how good they could be enough. Yeah. I think they play really good soccer in the midfield and that's where we stay. We have moments. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know about that, but better moments are when it's not intense pressure on the back line or waiting for one or two guys to make an opportunity up top. I think we play a lot in the center of the field and there's moments that go either way in terms of getting to our defense or being played up top. But I don't think there's anything like it's not a consistent. We don't have a lot of momentum. We play kind of stagnant because I don't think there's there's talent, but there's not. I don't know. I don't know what's missing. I don't know the word. I don't know the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that that's just I don't know is just, you know, the perfect sort of summation of this, because you could watch 10, 15, 20 half hour chunks of the games and they're playing fine. You know, in none of these games would I say that. United or even, you know, the vast majority of the players are playing poorly. Yeah. But there's just some uh, there's just a thing that just isn't coming together. And I don't know if it's a thing that nobody really knows what it is, because if they did, they could do something about it and change it. Or if it's something where, you know, just for me or for us, our soccer knowledge isn't at the sort of level where we can diagnose it. Uh, but they're not playing poorly, as our announcers have pointed out week after week. They're playing well, but they're giving up bad goals at the ends of games. Uh, and there's just just something that's kind of lacking that's just keeping us from clicking and just finishing off games. Yeah, I think it's just I mean, <laughs> I think it's sad to say, but I think at the end of the day, it's it's an overall cohesion from coaching to communication to uh, talent to all of those things. It's just not at the level that it needs to be for this level of uh, professional soccer. So, which is just sad because I think we have really talented people at at all the right positions. Uh, It's just, yeah, there's a, there's a lack of, there's a, a disconnect somewhere and that just, you know, can't be the case. Yeah, and I think think going back to what you were saying earlier, Jake, is that I don't know if this is something that Ramirez propagates, but I think we need to stop having the idea that goals will only happen if we give the ball to Ramirez, and he's the only one who can take shots. 
And I think there needs to be. Yeah, I don't think that's him, though. I don't think it's him either. I think either. the coach to give him the, get him the ball. I completely agree with that. Or at least attempt to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has some part in trying to make it a more even playing field. But I think, yeah, I think people need to understand that. We, you all have feet, and you're all professional soccer players. Like, there's a pretty good chance you could make a goal. You should try. Well, especially to your hot take, Sid, that J.C. Banks goal was maybe up for goal of the year. I mean, he was literally stood up three Tampa Bay defenders to make that turn and shoot. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, I don't think Ramirez has done a, a goal like that, at least in a long time. Uh, and where is this J.C. Banks come from? Like, we've never seen him stand people up like that before. And maybe it's just because he's never positionally shouldn't really ever be in those positions. Um, but, I mean, just a solid finish, you know? Yeah, I think even the last most recent game, which we haven't covered yet, Venegas had some, like, fucking beautiful opportunities. And there was the one penalty kick that he took that looked like it went in. Oh, it was man. so close. So close. And with that, we'll turn over to the Puerto Rico game. Puerto Rico FC 0, Minnesota United 0, uh, unsurprisingly. No goals in this game. Um, Jake, did you have any general uh, take on this game? Uh, anything, I guess, different than what you said about the Rowdies game? Uh, you know, for the most part, I think my giant Rowdies takeaway or the, at least the part about not knowing and being able to pinpoint is probably the big takeaway from here. Maybe the only other thing worth mentioning, and I'll let you guys uh, expand on it a bit more since I'm cheating and this is our second take. And we didn't actually, I didn't mention it the first time through, but you know, I think the game definitely highlighted how important Ramirez to this is to this team Uh, and I mean it bears out in the stats you just look at the goals leaders for our team he's got 12 more than the next person uh, you know on our team that's an insane gap you do you know a team doesn't even a team doesn't want that as much as we love having the league leading scorer the fact that he's so far up and above everybody else, I'm not sure for balance issues, that's the thing your team really wants because this can happen pretty easily when he's gone. Did we figure out if Lang was injured or not? And that would be supremely disappointing if we were missing our best attacking player. So we decided not to take along our best attacking player over the last month and a half in favor of a guy who didn't play the entire second half of the season, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the info. You can't bring everybody, Jake. Tickets to Puerto Rico aren't cheap. (laughs) Sid, what about you? Any general takeaways? No, I'm just hoping that we find out that he pulled like a Mamadou Sacco and just was a complete douchebag during practice and now is in timeout or something. Why would you want that? Absolutely kidding, because then at some point he's going to have to take to Twitter at like 3 a.m. in the morning and be childish. Uh, Anyways, Mamadou Sacco, R.I.P. It's been been sad. (laughs) R.I.P. No, Lang was on the bench. He was. So, uh, yep, just not being used for who knows what reason after a really good month. 
whatever, Carl Craig. Um, my uh, sassy. I will get to my what I think about this game, but first, holy shit! The Puerto Rican player who got stomped in the leg and like clean oh, tore God, his like, leg open. Yeah, it was leg open. That was super weird. Uh, Langshaw coming for him. Yeah, just put on a Puerto Rico <laughs> yeah. jersey. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, I think my big sort of takeaway from this game uh, was that at least in the last handful or half dozen games that we've had where we've uh, lost or it's or been lost. a disappointing uh, draw or something, this 0-0 scoreline felt the most true to the game. I felt like this was a really good game. Obviously, some calls went our way. Some calls didn't. There were bad calls all over the place. Um, But it felt like two fairly evenly matched teams playing out a really good game. Now, I think to Jake's point, uh, if we have Ramirez or a, a clearer goal scorer out there on the field, I think that we end up winning that game, but we didn't. So that's you know how you get a 0-0 draw, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like if we were still going to be in NASL next year, I feel like Puerto Rico is going to be one of those teams that's going to be really, really tough to f- to play every single week. Um, they're not going to be a, a, a bottom of the table team next year. Uh, I think that they've got a lot of talent, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, any other thoughts, comments, concerns about this game? Sid? Yeah, I think to your point, Jake, I think Ramirez is important and the numbers show it. But from what I remember during the Puerto Rico game here, they did a fucking fantastic job of like sequestering him away between several (laughs) defenders and basically made him useless the entire game because they knew his shtick, I guess. But on the other side of that coin is the fact that I think he has a very, he's carved himself a very particular groove and niche in the team. I think it's really hard to ask a player to be Ramirez. I think everybody knows how to play to him and putting somebody else in that position makes it so hard for them to look cohesive and together. Well, and it's just like, it's sort of, it's surprising to me that we clearly don't have a direct backup for Ramirez and we still played the same formation. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, expecting people to play exactly how he plays is ridiculous. Like, if, if that's the roster you have, like, why not switch to more of a 4-3-3? Yeah. You know, or a 4-4-2 and let, you know, Spees kind of run around up top. Or a 4-4-1-1, you know, or something that is just, like, more suited to where a lot of these players... And I know you're coaching a very specific style of offense or a general play, but... And I was going to ask you, Jake, did you get the sense in this game that the uh, our fullbacks pushed up again a lot more? Like, it seemed like that was much more the... Without Ramirez, Davis and Venegas were pushing up a lot more than they have been in the last four or five games. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with that overall, and I, I think that's a thing that has waxed and waned uh, with Venegas being on the field and healthy. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But I think oh, Venegas man. does that better than Davis, too. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that, I mean, when you're going to do that, though, obviously you sort of want to 
have one kind of pull back. And Absolutely. it seemed like if it was either Venegas or their, that side of Puerto Rico's team that Craig must have thought there was a weakness in. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really interesting change for uh, Davis this year. Like, had an absolutely fantastic breakout good year last year and has just statistically at least uh, taken a big step back. I won't necessarily say that his play has been any worse, um, but definitely not getting coached into opportunities more offensively. Um, so it's been yeah, kind of interesting for him, and I think this game definitely showed that. Yeah, I think the one, the two players I would compare more, I guess, in that position are Cruz and Venegas. Because I feel like Cruz and Venegas both take it to that corner all the time. And Cruz always fucking loses it on that sloppy touch. Oh, my God. And he's just, like, too well, slow. What and I think is amazing about Cruz is if he gets the ball, like, past the ball, like, a decent amount of space outside the box... His first touch is always good. And then his second touch is awful. But if he gets the ball like in the box, his first touch is always awful. Basically kicks it out of bounds. Yeah. And And every once in a while, like maybe once every three or four games, he has an opportunity to take a shot. And it's like a three-year-old taking a shot. It just like goes way (laughs) over the bar. He's so excited. Yeah. It's like, shoot. Yeah. But I think Venegas has really tight footwork and I think that's I'm excited for his future I think he's really good in that position he stays healthy I mean he has that skill but he hasn't looked nearly as neat and clean as he did in the first part of the season I think like he goes to make those moves and his footwork is just a little sloppier or a little looser I should say than it was for a while uh, for the good stretch of the first, at least the spring. Yeah, so. I think we need somebody who can do that, and he's nowhere near as talented. I'm sorry, as Ronaldo, but Ronaldo has that really good power. Wait, this to is take my it. this is my surprise face. They are both very tan, <laughs> and they have similar hairdos at times. Uh, but he's good at yeah, taking it to that corner and then playing out of pressure and putting it in the box. So I'm looking forward to the opportunities he can make doing that. Anything else we want to talk about in this game? Ronaldo, some more would be cool. <laughs> Who is that yeah. in this game? All right. Well, next week, uh, this coming Saturday, October 15th at 7 p.m. in Blaine, Minnesota, we'll take on FC Edmonton, who are currently five points behind first place in the fall, uh, but have 50 points to our 38 in the combined table. Um, so how bad do you guys think they want to win this game if not mostly just to knock us out of the playoffs. Jake, any thoughts on that? My guess would be not at all. Um, Maybe under normal circumstances, you know, that's always a nice feeling. Uh, But with what the Eddies have to be much more focused on is the fall table. They're five back from the Cosmos and with a game in hand which means they're still very much in range of catching and passing the Cosmos and uh, picking up some uh, some home field for at least a game in the playoffs. So I, I would imagine they're much more focused on that. All right. Sid? I think we get fucking wrecked. <laughs> okay. Any reason? This does not go well for us. 
just because you think they're playing well and we're not or yeah i mean i think we even at home fucking constantly underestimate the canadian teams and then we always come away getting whipped so i do not foresee this i doubt we win all right we could tie but i don't think we're gonna win here's my hot take for this game and i'm even gonna take it and make it even hotter i'm gonna make it for the rest of the season you guys ready for this don't curse us uh i'm gonna say we draw the rest of our games this season oh my god that's such a sad season i think we're gonna end the season on what four draws and we end up missing the playoffs that's what i think what's gonna happen we 100 percent miss the playoffs i really just hope well, we, I guess draws still, are better than losses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we still have a shot, uh, and I hope that they prove me wrong, but I don't. I just don't see this team beating anybody at this point. Uh, if Jacksonville can come from behind and beat you uh, in the whatever 88th minute from a you know sad boner, then yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're destined for draws. And I like I said, I hope they prove me wrong, but we'll see. They have the talent. There's no reason that they can't win out the rest of the way. Uh, but it's a matter, you know, something has to change from what they're doing right now. So it's a, a matter of whether that happens or not. Yeah, it kind of feels like what we've been saying the whole season. It's all there. Just for some stretches. We can know. do it. <laughs> Definitely. Which, you know, is ultimately pretty normal. I mean, very, very few sports and very, very few teams are – so good all the time and you know someone said uh, uh, I think it was Wes on 55-1 had an article where he basically said something like we didn't expect them to win every game you know and that's not why we buy tickets uh, and it's not why we go to games uh, and I, I agree with that sentiment I mean obviously we'd love you know to be undefeated and and be unstoppable and all those kinds of things but at the end of the day the ups and the downs are are what you buy into and i just hope that we i hope we make the playoffs i think it would be awesome to make the playoffs and have one final year at uh nsc where we have a playoff game well it probably wouldn't be at nsc to be fair yeah that we have some playoff in our last year in the nasl i hope that happens more like a locker room pep talk like a donald trump locker room talk if he grabs you by the pussy then yes yeah oh yeah topical (laughs) (laughs) all right let's do it let's just kind of keep it short and simple um so i saw on uh, twitter and 55 one recently they were talking about the different players we currently have on the roster and who uh, they would bring up to uh, MLS with us next year. So I just thought we'd kind of take a quick uh, analysis of what this looks like for us. I think we're planning on doing this again at the end of the year. Yeah, we'll do a more thorough one later on once the season is over. But just right now, where we're at in this season, take each position. More ahead of us, apparently. Yeah, each position um, sort of as goalkeepers, uh, backline, midfield, and forwards, including wingers, um, who we would take up with a, a very set limit. So goalkeepers, uh, if you had to pick one that you took up with us, uh, obviously that's pretty clearly Sammy, right? Nished. <laughs> Just throw, throw a Hail Mary. Just Burn the you, bar down. Yeah. Uh, Jake? Uh, Aaron Perez. Yeah, nice. <laughs> 
No one wants He's looked Saves, great though. this season. No <laughs> Saves, his hair is so beautiful. I want him. <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. Uh, all right. So I could also petition for topless goalkeeping at this time. I'd like to. For you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me. Um, all right. So then our back line, if you had to pick two, who would go with us, Jake? It's pretty tricky. I could, I think you could justify taking pretty much our whole back line along. Uh, but if you have. Uh, if sticking with the format here, uh, I think Venegas and JD have absolutely earned um, a shot at MLS, probably on the starting end of things, unless somebody significant, like really good, is available. Uh, so I'd go with those two. I think um, Coleman, as an alternate, has definitely earned a shot at uh, it's at least um, you know a depth sort of thing. He's been so good the second half of the season, so I think he's he's got to be there too. Sid? Uh, no, I say Venegas, and because he has a special place in my heart now, Calvano, even though I know he's <laughs> okay. a bit aged and probably is not going to make it, but I'm assuming we buy Chris Clute. Clute. No, nope, he's just a loner right now. Same with uh, low and on your. Okay. They're all technically loans. All right, then I don't feel like I have to fucking include Chris. Nope. Uh, yeah, then probably JD is probably my... JD is your alternate? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. He's less prone to fist fights, so he's not... He doesn't go to the top for me. All right. <laughs> Um, and for me, I think I would say right now, I would say my pick two would be Venegas and Coleman. Uh, I think uh, the two of them are, in my opinion, the most, based on their play lately, the most MLS ready uh, for how I would want to build a team. Now, if I, there's a part of me that if the coach wants to build a defensive back line, then I think you for sure, and JD is the alternate there, um, then maybe you go Venegas and JD as your pick two and Coleman is my alternate um, because I think JD's proven he's like maybe the most solid defender we have um, but has just lacked in the offensive side of things this year. So if you want a player that kind of has like that wing capability, I don't know if he's your first choice right now based on this year. But yeah, I think it's a it's a close, for me, it's a close race between Venegas, Coleman, and JD. And Coleman's just been so good, in my opinion, the last four or five games that I think... He's just proven that he's got the chops uh, to make it in MLS. Um, all right. What about the uh, midfield? Sid? Slim. Pick two. Picking. It is. This is probably the hardest <laughs> one. Uh, pick I two. I feel like people aren't categorized correctly. Well. Like I would put like Cruz and. Cruz and. Yes. And stuff in the midfield. But I will go with what's technically on the website. Uh, do what you want, girl. <sighs> I mean, you With can two, two use. Don't emancipate you, me, Jake. But then you <laughs> then you take those people away from your forwards. So it's you know. God damn. Anyway, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, pick two midfield. Right. I am picking Ibsen and Watson. 
Okay. I, we I haven't seen Greg Jordan this entire season, so I liked I would, him last year, but okay. All right, if we're going from what it says on the on the website, I'll I'll buy that. Okay. Do you have an alternate? Probably likely to get brought up is either I guess probably Lang. Okay. Yeah, Watson and Lang for me are are more wings uh, players, so they'd be forwards. But if that's what they're listed at uh, you know, on the website, uh, Jake, what do you what do you think? Well, I'm going rogue here. First okay. of all, all right, I like um, it. Brovsky is a no-brainer. Wait, he wait, absolutely has rogue? to come up Sarah along. Sarah Palin's autobiography going rogue? Or? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Paul Revere shooting guns off, exercising the Second Amendment rights that didn't exist yet to warn everybody about the Redcoats. History right there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, So Brovsky's the no-brainer after that, though. I'm probably inclined to agree that it is. Like, we have just loads, loads. defender, it says. Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah, He's technically a midfielder, though. Defensive midfielder. FU Loon's website. That's what I got. Yeah. Um, we have just loads of quality NASL talent at the midfield, but I don't know how much of it, you know, will, would translate with MLS. Uh, I think my second take would be Spees, who I would categorize as an attacking midfielder. Again, you can, you know, argue whatever, but I'm shaping this to fit my desire. So there you have that. Yeah. Uh, for the alternate, I'd uh, I'd bring Jack Blake along. He's shown some pretty good versatility. He's super young, only 22 years old. He's got a lot of time to develop and grow, and he has pretty easily one of the two best, uh, I think, like set piece shots on the team. So take him along, see what happens. I like it. Uh, I'm I'm pretty similar to you, Jake. I would uh, bring my two would be Brovsky, uh, assuming he's more of a midfielder, uh, and uh, I think my second pick would be Jack Blake for all of the reasons that you uh, outlined. Um, if I had to pick another one. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I would probably as an alternate. I don't think I have one, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I just don't – I've hated, hated how Ibsen has played the last half a dozen games. Um, and so I would rather die than have him on my roster in MLS. Wow. That's uh, – Jesus Christ. He's, he's super talented, but I'm a big how does a player make me feel as a fan kind of person – and he's a uh, he's a powder and uh, a quitter. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, those people don't have any any place on a team I want to root for. Yeah, well, neither they could Vincent they could literally like after yesterday's wheelchair. performance where he almost lost us the game by pouting, uh, should have lost us the game uh, with his uh, irrational pouting. Uh, if they had cut him today, I probably would have been OK with it. Um, Dylan, he's Brazilian. His emotions are bigger and more real than yours. Yeah, well, and obviously, you know, he's played in Europe. He's played in Champions League, so he has the right to be a giant fucking baby. Do you see Uh, how big arms are in his picture? Come on. Anyway. um, I don't know how much of that can be uh, quantified in any fashion. But But how emotional you got there. (laughs) No, uh, whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't honestly, uh, if I had to pick an alternate, it would probably be Greg Jordan. Maybe, maybe, 
Now, it's Greg Jordan of the people I consider right, midfielders. Fine. If we're fucking breaking the mold here, I'm taking Cruz <laughs> and, I don't know, JC Banks is like right on the cusp of like sometimes a forward, sometimes a midfielder. Okay, but, well, how about with that in mind, you can go first forwards with whoever you consider a forward. You know what? Pick two. I'm going to just fucking scratch everything I said. Team of one. Just Ramirez, you do everything. <laughs> I like it. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, I think it, it, for me, if I'm picking two uh, with an alternate, uh, it's Christian Ramirez, number one, Danny Cruz, number two, uh, and Ben Spees is my alternate um, for forwards. Uh, I think those three are like head and shoulders above everyone else and much more MLS ready uh, with skill level and experience. If I had to pick uh an alternate like that i could sign as like a developmental homegrown player like uh ish is totally worth that hail mary i think um but i think that cruz ramirez and spees are both are all three really quality players um and cruz just right now in current form is edging out spees for me Sid, did you now that you've i've exploded the whole thing for you uh, I guess if I'm keeping Cruz as a midfielder, then I will take Ramirez and Banks and Spees as my alternate. Okay. Jake? Yeah, Ramirez is obvious. I think Cruz is a good choice. And um, Banks has been, I think, impressive this year. I could would definitely be fine bringing him along. Uh, or like you said, you know, take a flyer on Ish. Again, super young. Lots of talent. Uh, see what you can, you know, develop. Yeah, I like it. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about this week? All uh, right. Maybe how, how Craig T. Nelson is doing. Ooh. <laughs> Bring it in full circle. Love it. Uh, all right. How well, much closer Carl Craig is to the coaching guillotine? Or to tears. Yeah, yeah. mostly to tears. Or to drinking himself into a coma. <laughs> It'll be interesting. That'll be another topic for an, an uh, off-season a different uh, episode where different Sydney episode. doesn't make up her own questions. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that will do it for... Your favorite ep- color. <laughs> Why do you do that? <laughs> I was starting to read. I was building momentum. Uh, and that will do it for episode 25 of Loons Out of Water. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You can find our podcast on our website, loonsoutofwater.com, or on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Please subscribe and give us a rating, no matter what you think. And thanks to everyone that's rated already uh, and or written a review. We do appreciate it. If you're on Twitter, follow us at loonsoutofwater. Or at loonsoutofwater. Or you can let us know your thoughts at loonsoutofwater at gmail.com. And on behalf of this raft of loons, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Literally.